Hello, and welcome back to another Blockchain Explained, a BNP Paribas Global Markets podcast made to help you understand all the concepts around blockchain, crypto, and digital assets, and how they can create business value. I'm your host, Sarah Walsh, and I'm fascinated in the digital asset space and how this impacts the financial sector. I'm based in global markets in the Americas and work in product development in derivatives execution and clearing. I am definitely not an expert on this topic, but throughout this podcast series, have the pleasure of interviewing some that will help me, and hopefully you, to break down everything digital asset related in simple terms with examples that can make sense. In the first of two parts on smart contracts, I have the pleasure of interviewing Andrei Zergentov, head of digital global markets, who is based in London. Andrei and I will be discussing smart contracts, what they are, and provide concrete examples on how they can be used as well as some of their benefits. Andre, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for taking the time to walk us through this topic. Before we get into today's topic, smart contracts and what they are, can you tell me a little bit more about your interest in digital assets? Have you worked in this space before taking your role as head of digital global markets? Hi, indeed. Um, prior to joining BNP Paribas in this role, I was CFO at a fintech startup, which is building secure, incentivized privacy infrastructure. And jumping ahead, um, there were some very interesting smart contracts involved. Thanks for that. So let's start with the basics. What is a smart contract? Sure, of course. So in simple terms, a smart contract is simply a piece of code, which is deployed on the blockchain. Basically, they can automate agreements or simplify workflows, particularly around payments. And the key is that the code is executed on the blockchain in a decentralized manner. So the parties don't have to trust anybody, let alone each other. So let me give an example. A few years ago, um, I was in a pub and I heard a few people arguing over a drink about whether it's going to be England or Australia who's going to win the test match. This is cricket, by the way. So they wanted to make a bet against each other. Unfortunately, one was English and the other one was Australian and he was flying home the next morning. So how can they make sure that the bet is honored? And that's exactly where a smart contract could come in. If they had a betting smart contract handy, they would each deposit the relevant amount of money into the smart contract, ensure that the result of the test match is somehow available on the blockchain, and that's often the tricky part. And after the event is over, one of them can claim the bet. And in fact, writing this kind of smart contract is actually a, often an exercise for people learning how to program them. However, deploying the smart contracts um, means that they're available for absolutely anyone, literally anyone, uh, to interact with and, and, and bet against each other. However, if the author gets it wrong, well, then the assets which the smart contract users have deployed and locked into the smart contract are at risk. And there are plenty of examples of that in the press. You can, you can imagine the kind of things that would happen. So one of the interesting things to note here is that there is no third party involved. There is the one guy, the English guy, the Australian guy, and the smart contract. That's a piece of code. More generally, uh, with a smart contract, you can handle complex transactions in real time between anonymous parties without the involvement of any intermediary or central authority or any external enforcement. And smart contracts also have the added benefit of automating a workflow, meaning that when set conditions are met, they can trigger the next actions. So that's what we saw in this example as well. This is a great example and sounds really interesting, especially when it comes to efficiency and reduction of costs. 
Can you give us some examples of the kinds of things that a smart contract can be used specifically in the financial industry? Absolutely. One use case that naturally comes to mind is, is a complex payment workflow. So could we automate those with a smart contract? Well, yes, you could, as long as all the data that the workflow depends on is available on chain and there are no ambiguities in the workflow. Another smart contract that has gained some popularity is an automated market maker. And that's a smart contract that allows parties to participate in liquidity provision, as well as liquidity taking in a fully decentralized manner, i.e. no centralized exchange, no market makers constantly updating prices, just a piece of code. I see. And what are some of the drivers and benefits of using smart contracts? Well, so let's be clear about the potential benefits of smart contracts. One is decentralization. The other one is transparency. Another one is efficiency, and that potentially leads to less manual work and hence cost reduction. So in short, it's the actual use of the blockchain itself that is unique and beneficial here, because it can create trust where none exists. Like with the example of two people in a pub betting each other for their favorite team. Another one, much closer to home in the financial markets ecosystem, is the notion of sharing code and sharing state. So if, for example, a definition of a particular derivative was stored in the blockchain, then there could be no disagreements about its value, no reconciliations, no manual communication between parties, etc. Instead, the definition, i.e. the code, would be simply available on the blockchain, as would be the value, in real time, and anybody could just simply look it up. Thanks so much, Andre, for this first introduction on smart contracts. This was a really helpful intro, and I look forward to catching up on the second part, where we'll focus a little bit more on how smart contracts are used in the financial industry. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be a complete description of any products or services of BNP Paribas or its affiliates or the risks they involve. This podcast is not financial research or investment advice. Neither the information nor any opinion contained in this podcast constitutes a recommendation, solicitation, or offer by BNP Paribas or its affiliates to buy or sell any financial product or service, nor shall it be deemed to provide investment, tax, legal, or accounting advice. All opinions, information, and estimates in this podcast are as of the date of recording. BNP Paribas has no obligation to provide updates or changes. Information provided should not be regarded as comprehensive nor sufficient for making financial or investment decisions. No warranty is made that information in this podcast is accurate or complete. BNP Paribas is not responsible for any losses or damages arising from reliance on the information in this podcast.